you ever worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put the rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things nerd, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything in the world of pop culture, because as the title of the show says, it's all in canon. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and I am joined by Phil. Hey everybody, how's it going out there in the wonderful post-Book of Boba Fett Star Wars world? Yes, yes, yes. We have tons to discuss. We're going to be chatting about the video game industry. We're going to be talking about releases because there's a lot going on. Tons of major releases this month alone. We're going to be talking about that, gauging our excitement level around there. We're going to be chatting about Peacemaker. And then obviously we're going to be chatting about the book of Boba Fett and kind of wrap up that season in a neat little package with a bow on top. I don't know that you can legitimately say that. <laughs> well, as much as you can. As much yeah, as, you as can. much as it will fit into a box. Sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, no Tyler today. Hopefully he's doing okay power-wise. We were chatting today this morning, uh, and uh, he let us know that there are storms in his neck of the woods. Uh, so, the chances of him being without power are very high. So, we are both assuming that that's exactly what's happening. So, Tyler, hopefully you're okay. Um, but, Phil, how are you? How's, how's your week been? Uh I'll extend the same sentiment to Tyler. However, I doubt very much he's even going to listen. But my week was good, man. I'm 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 doing all right. You know, it's it's been another sheltered in place, dormant weekend for me that I've enjoyed many multimedia things, including one said Super Bowl. Nice. You <laughs> so watched the I'm Super not- Bowl. <laughs> I had it on, all right, and I fell into a trap, and this was a funny trap. I went to the grocery store yesterday, and because of all of the fanaticism around the Super Bowl and people talking about food, I decided that I'm going to make chili. It did not dawn on me that anyone else would be onto the same brilliance that I was. I Mm -hmm. was just like, hey, you know what? Tommy's feeling good. Digestion problems seem to be, uh, you know, not bothering me. Let's have some chili. Let's let's throw some stuff in there that could be chemically explosive to the male digestive system and see, you know, and enjoy the flavor palette of tomatoes and ground pork. Anyhow, it turns out the pickings were slim in the grocery store because everybody else was buying said beans and different products so that was fun trying to uh you know uh pandemic shop through that 
So did that, finally got it all, got pulled over by the cops on the way home. Nice. Which I was just like, oh, my God, talked myself out of a ticket. Very nice. (laughs) And then got home, made it, and ate it. So what can I say? I just feel bloated and hallucinogenic today. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently having very weird, vivid dreams that feel like real life. Jesus Christ. It's like you're uh, living in David Lynch's head right now. I have my Boba Fett t-shirt on that's kind of tie-dye-ish, except in a very boring way, which is so me. And anyhow, I'm like, yeah, that fits. <laughs> earned earned the tie-dye black and white, at the very least. Awesome. Sounds like fun. How about you? How yeah, things man. Been? It's been uh, very busy. Uh, tons on the go, both with this show and the other shows. Uh, um, just, just honestly, super busy trying to uh, just keep my head above water more than anything else. Oh yeah, I hear you. Like work is crazy, and then you got your personal life like that. And like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm really. I touch base with some old friends this week. And well, you know, we always touch base, but anyhow, we got onto a topic we haven't talked about. And if you can believe this, we talked about video games. And a lot of the guys are exactly the same age as me. And they all kind of came forward, uh, well, one of them did, and said that because of his son, he ended up buying an Xbox. Because of his son, who he's divorced with the mother, so there's a dual custody thing going on. So he found that this was a way to spend time with his son gaming. And he was never really a big gamer to begin with. Anyhow, he's completely in love with Forza Horizon 5. Oh, there you go. So it was one of those moments where he's just like, yeah, I love this game. I'm playing the crap out of it. I'm doing so much. I'm enjoying it. And then I said, well, please. Let's add each other on our friends list. And you know how when somebody tells you they're just having, well, you know, the tip off is they're having fun with the game. But in their mind, having fun with the game also equates I'm doing really well score wise in the game. Mm -hmm. And I looked up their scores because you can do that. Yeah. Like there's a filter in the game. And he's level three. <laughs> I just turned level 503. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I'm, I've got every single car in the game. Like, I am obsessed with this bloody video game, Boris. It, it's, I play it every day for at least half an hour or so, even just to unwind. I just go for a drive in Mexico. The other day I was at Tulum. I was just like, you know what? I just really enjoy these pyramids on the ocean. Just, you know, I've been there in real life. I'm like, hey, you know what? This is kind of cool that, you know, the, the the water is nice and blue. The sun is out. I'm squinting at my screen in February. Uh, and I feel like I'm taking a little siesta in Mexico in a, in an exotic car. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm just like, well, how much more guy crap can you do? Right. But I did finish off Grand Tour and now I'm on to some of the older episodes at Top Gear. And yeah, I've just been so car nerding. Oh my gosh. 
That's hilarious. Hey, it's good, man. Do, do, do what makes you happy. It's a bit different, right? Because as we're probably going to talk about, we've got new games coming up this week. Yeah, so. it's crazy. Like, February has been crazy. March is also crazy. We're going to focus on February. We're going to probably do this once a month where we focus on video games, yeah. kind of go through everything just because, you know, that's uh, one of our bread and butters here, right? So I think I kind of like that yeah. idea. But yeah, February is a crazy month. Started with Dying Light, and it's going to go all the way till the end of the month. And yeah, the next couple of days, there's a couple major games coming out uh, that we're going to be talking about. Nintendo had their Nintendo Direct, which we're going to be talking about. Capcom is making teases. Man, the video game industry is just booming right now. Well, there's lots of money on the table, like we talked about, right? Or we always talk about. It, it it's a art form that demands the the fan bases are probably more demanding than a movie fan base. I think a lot of the times, like unless you're really into the movie, right? Like there's Lord of the Rings people, there are Star Wars people, yes, there are Harry Potter people, there are these franchise films where fans demand stuff. But I don't know, like I I don't know that you could say the same about James Bond, but I'm sure there are co- hardcore group. Of those fans that are always wanting more or an evolution of the character or whatever. Yeah. And I think video games are that with social media enabled (laughs) voice. Because it's like a conduit right into the movie house. Like, I don't have much illusion. Maybe with Disney they do. But MGM doesn't care about going and making the new James Bond to make it fit the fan base per se as they did with daniel craig they started evolving the character yeah they started challenging what james bond actually stood for and got off of the the trope of the womanizer type thing a little bit and then you look at what it became and i don't think that they care because i said the controversy sells tickets yeah exactly right and then and then yeah, I think video games, it's like an echo chamber, just like the Star Wars world. If you do something good or if you do something bad, the fan base is going to call you out on it. And the fan base is ever evolving. Like yeah. if you make the same game twice, then they're like, no, don't pull an EA. Yeah. Don't do an Activision. You know but what's if you up? vary it too much, then it's like you have ruined the franchise. <laughs> exactly. You know what's a, a fan base that I'm getting a kick out of today? Whoa, what's that? The Lord of the Rings fan base. Oh, yeah. I've been laughing for a while, man. Welcome to the Star Wars f- of, uh, you know, it's just like, in, by the, b- b- welcome to the Star Wars feeling, right? Like, this fan base has had the books. They've had The Hobbit. They've had, you know, the movies that came out in the early 2000s, and they had the three Hobbit movies that came out, and they were very true to the books, right? So yeah, well, the Hobbit one seemed to add well, in an extra couple movies, but sure. Yeah, but you know what I mean, right? Like for the most yeah, part, it was yeah. true to they're, the source. They were very true to yeah. With this new show, The Ring of Power, whatever the fuck it's called, um, I'm just loving, loving to see this fan base go from a f- fan base that's, you know, one. I, I will give them credit though. This fan base is all about canon and continuity, right? That they, yes. you give them canon and continuity, they're gonna be happy. But with this new show on Amazon, holy <laughs> shit balls! They are freaking out about like the smallest of stuff. 
Yeah, casting choices, casting choices, <laughs> wardrobe choices, beard choices on elves that are, you know, now people of color. Um, the fact that, uh, yeah, they're just freaking out about a lot, and I understand it. But man, oh man, just it's just crazy how fast they went toxic. It it's to me it it's just like with Star Wars, right? Maybe. I don't know if I'm I, I know there are other Star Wars fans out there because I found them on Twitter that seem to roll with the, the franchise the same way I do. But I would encourage my Lord of the Rings uh, uh, fan base people. I don't know what you call yourself. Lordies, <laughs> Ringalos. I don't know. Well, serious. I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to be mean, but you know how usually it comes back to Trekkers, Star Trek. What do you do? Lord of the Rings. Anyhow. Well, actually, Clerks 2 sums up me in Lord of the Rings. I'm freaking Randall. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I just think that you just got to roll with it and see what the product is. Like, debate how the show is after you've seen it, not after you've seen a trailer, not after you've seen an announcement. It's just like the Sandman stuff. Everybody's freaking out that Sandman's played by X guy. And everyone's freaking out, well, who plays death and blah, 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 blah. And everybody, you know, I see that all the time because I follow Neil Gaiman. And I'm like, there's so much shade throwing at, thrown at him all the time about the shows. And you just look at Good Omens and you go, or it rocks. Like, you get uptight about David Tennant being in it. You get uptight about this, that, and the other thing. And then it rocked. It just yep. worked for me. And I just think Lord of the Rings, there's going to be this moment where they're like, well, if you drop all the douchebaggery that I put on, I really enjoyed it quietly, but I, I put myself in a corner and I can't admit that to anybody. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly it. And the thing that any fandom always forgets is that, you know, as they're releasing these the, the, the new content, it's all about getting new viewers, new people into their content. So yep. there's going to be that level of stuff that just isn't for you. Yeah, exactly. The franchise evolved. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's my ex-wife and I. We we took the day off when each Lord of the Rings came out to be in the movie theater to watch it. Like it was a big freaking deal. We had three posters on the wall, and that was one of each. Like framed, plaqued posters. I yeah. still have them of each one of those movie premieres. Like the. And I had to, I had a bugger of a time finding them. That was when the Silver Snail was down on Queen Street, and I had to go in and buy like the movie poster, yeah. type thing, and, and get the actual one, not the teaser poster, not the blah blah blah, like the actual poster poster. Yeah. Silver but, Snail is back on Queen. Funny enough. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. But always in the iconic two story to me. Yeah, I know? I know which one you're talking about. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That but, was where I met Robin. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, so I just love seeing that. Uh, you know, we talked about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl tends to be a huge day for releasing content, teasers, spoilers, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can have whatever. So let's talk about some of the things that we saw oh, yeah. during the commercials like, yesterday. Let's not worry about the fact that I watched it because Egg Ball happened. Yeah. I didn't care if the blue team won or the Kitty Cats won. Really didn't care. Oh, I know. You know what the funny part is? As soon as you said on the show that you watched it, I knew exactly what you were watching for. Um, <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about you know the probably the 
biggest news, the biggest uh, trailer was for Doctor Strange 2. Uh, you know, what did you think? It looks like we're getting X-Men, possibly. I, you know what? Like, this is the biggest MacGuffin possibly ever. And that, that and I, I say that in the sense of what they did to us during WandaVision. <laughs> right exactly like the i love how we always bring that up as like you know, the biggest biggest the biggest red herring the biggest like well because like look they had the guy from the x-men in it yeah. and we're like this is the acknowledgement that mutants exist in wanda's world which means mcu therefore oh nerdgasm in my pants right like it was just just so much that week was so much MCU-ness that was just raw, like, celebration that this confirms Mephesto is the bad guy because that's Mephesto is the father of Magneto, who is, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, come on. It, it, it felt like that's what it was going to be, so why not just give in to it, right? And then when you put Patrick Stewart unmistakably Making that comment, and yeah, is is it Professor X, or does Patrick Stewart take on the role of the person that talks to Doctor Strange <laughs> in this movie? Like, <laughs> yep, it was a single line. It was unmistakably him. But I, it just if they were trying to sneak that one by the quarterback so to speak they did a really bad job i don't know there's no way that they tried to sneak it it was there on yeah. purpose it's there for this chatter and now people are wondering like is this going to be a red herring like there was on wandavision or is there some meat to the bone on this one but you know like what is this going to lead to is this going to lead to the mutants being acknowledged on some other timeline some other universe uh, does it, is this going to lead to a secret wars of sort where mm-hmm. we're going to be getting these thousand and one timelines fighting against each other? And then there's going to be that one new timeline at the end of this, similar to, you know, what kind of what DC is likely going to end up doing. So, you know, at the very least, now there's a lot of questions, but, you know, I have to say it again. Oh. And I always say this every time that we kind of come to this uh, fork in the road with the MCU, and that is... The MCU is in a very dangerous place right now because I know a lot of people. So, who their major issue right now with the MCU is that it's just way too much and too little amount of time. A good example of this: I have a friend. She doesn't watch any of the shows. She doesn't like you know. She watched the movies with her daughter mainly, and you know she watched Spider Man a couple weeks ago, and she just like Uh-oh. she loved it, but it was just too much. Oh, that that is a lot of movie. No, but you know what I mean, then. So, like, yeah, you know, it, 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 the these comic tropes, these the the thing that's normal for us comic geeks and geeks in general might be too much for yes. the common uh, average viewer to get those new people watching your content. So, you know, you have to kind of ride that fine line. But I don't know. Sometimes I feel like right now the MCU is going too much into it's all way too connected. Yeah, I, I, we've talked about it for a while. Like, there will be this day, and I think it's coming up sooner than later, where 
Remember when superhero movies were like the Avengers? You know, they showed up, they threw on their spandex outfits, they kicked some ass and ate some shawarma at the end. And that was it. That was the story. And we went, ha ha. Yeah, the dude shoots arrows and somehow thinks he's relevant. Yep. You know, like, like that's what the comments will be. And now it's like, well, actually, his daughter's best friend who has a dog with one eye is now, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, come on. Like, did we? Ah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yep. But yes, I just think that it's all up its own ass. Yep. But we'll see. Like, if we're throwing in all these mutants and then recognizing that end of Marvel, which is an inevitability, let's face it. It's going to happen. If it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen not far away because they're just, if they beat that drum and then they do a bait and switch, like then that just means that they're playing with us now, no matter what they either deliver on it or they don't. I think they will. I think that we're going to get the acknowledgement of it, but this is the funny thing. My feed wasn't Patrick Stewart is in the new commercial or X-Men validated mutants validated. I didn't see those types of headlines. I saw the headline that, and I knew something was rotten in Denmark because I actually missed that commercial. But what ended up being the one that I was just like, huh? I better go watch this was is Hugh Jackman cast as Wolverine for multiverse of madness. Yeah. <laughs> Like the speculation was that far down itself. And I'm like, I don't think Patrick Stewart calls Dr. Strange into this Ethereum universe bridge or whatever the context is to go, oh, here are the X Men. <laughs> Wolverine, eviscerate the magician. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just think that there's something bigger going on when they present it that way. <laughs> there is. I think, like, I agree with you. I'm pretty sure that there is, but, like, you know, we still have, what, another two and a half months to figure this out. Um, but yeah, yeah and no, it was it's... supposed to be in March. It was, yep. it was originally, I think, a March release. Yep. Yep. But that's where we're at with, with the MCU and Doctor Strange. So that was the big thing out of Doctor Strange. DC kind of had a uh, their own commercial where they kind of uh, wrapped up all of their releases major releases for this year into one commercial so you had uh black adam the flash aquaman who are all part of the official dceu whatever that's going to be called moving forward and then there's obviously the batman the batman comes out in just a few weeks which is crazy to think about um so you know we haven't even talked about dceu in a really long time uh, because there really hasn't been much to talk about but i think there's a good time to bring this up phil Let's start with the one non-DCEU movie. That's the Batman. How do you feel about that one? I I just think that it, it feels like they they felt like it was time to make another one because they were going to lose a license or something. But I I I know that that's a, a cruel joke to Warner Brothers. But I'm I'm slightly hopeful for a more gritty real Batman, I guess. Like yeah. like it's not Frank Miller Batman. It's not, you know what I mean, putsy, stupid Batman. It's not, it promises to be something that you guys, that you and Tyler have talked to me about, like different runs of Batman that were successful in the past. 
And I'm curious to see how that translates into a film. Like, I, I don't know that that the guy they cast, you know, the Twilight guy, is the guy for me. But that being said, he was in that god-awful movie last year that was all backwards and frontwards, and it, right? The, he he surprised me in that. I'm like, okay, he's got some chops. He, his role didn't suck in, 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 you know, last year's film that we were all disappointed with. I can't even remember Tenet. it at this point. It was Tenet. Yeah. Yeah, Tenet. Ooh. Yeah. Anyhow. I'm just like, I, I I have a fully open mind. I'm just like, okay, let's see if Robert Pattinson pulls it off. I don't know. It could just equally be, to me, a total shit-to-bed moment, and I wouldn't really care. Right? Like, it's Batman to me. It's a staple. It, it's It's a story like I told you when we first heard about this thing being in production. I'm tired of seeing his parents murdered. I'm tired of the same story over and over and over the origin story. So when you tell me there's a new Batman origin story, I don't uh, want to read that. And you're telling me hold no. On. Yeah. It'll be this is not an origin story. Let's yes. uh, like let's throw that it's out. It's just the start of a new franchise yeah. with a new Batman. That's all. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. I'm curious. Yeah. Sure. A little more grounded. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know that I, I, I like the car. I know you bought the Lego set. I, I, I'm not sure about it either, to be honest. But, I'm, again, look at the uh, Chris Nolan Batmobiles, right? Yeah, they worked, but they, they, they were definitely man-geared. The Robert Pattinson one, I, I just don't know. Maybe it is, too. Maybe now I'm feeling like a car guy now. Maybe I'd, I'd look at that again and go, hmm, hmm. But to be honest, it, it it's oh, just not working for me. Like even Michael Keaton's Batmobile. Well, that's from the eighties. Yeah, but that's a different, like, right? Like right now, that it's you know, hey, this guy, he's in his twenties uh, or early thirties, depending on what when it takes place. I'm assuming his twenties. Uh, you know, it's everything is 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 kind of do it yourself, a DIY Batman, right? Yeah, yeah, but it might work in the context of the movie, and exactly. I might walk out of it going. I want the Batmobile to go. So, yeah. Yep. All right. We have <laughs> What do Black you think Adam. about it? Are you excited what, what, about it? Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited for it. Um, especially if they introduce aspects like, uh, um, you know, the, the Court of Owls or something like that, right? Yes. But the thing is, you know, the way that they use Razagul in the Chris Nolan Batman, it's kind of how the Court of Owls kind of could work in, 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 in the context of this new Batman. So are they just redoing, you know, the same shit over and over? Possibly, maybe, hopefully not. Um, you know, where one thing, you know, that my biggest complaint about Batman for the past five years has been, you know, his, 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 his he's, he's not, okay, one thing is him being sorry and, and feeling bad about his parents dying, but it's the relationship with Catwoman. I'm over it. I don't give a shit. The fact that yeah. that's going to be a focus of this movie, again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, you know, it, it, it could add an element that they haven't had to Batman in a really, really long time. Yeah, Batman's got a girlfriend. Like, it, it was... Even More the one Batman that made us watch. As opposed to Bruce Wayne, which is the different take, right? Because you yeah, know we've, Bruce exactly. Wayne has always had someone. Even in in Chris Nolan's, he had Rachel Dawes, right? But now yeah. as Batman, he has Catwoman. So it's kind of seeing that dynamic might be a little 
would be cool. Um, the Riddler being essentially like the Zodiac Killer, I think is kind of cool. I think that's going to yeah. be a very, very cool, different take of the Riddler. Um, and then, you know, we'll see kind of what surprises they have. Because for this being a comic book movie, we know so little about the plot. We so know little about the story. We know so little about everything. Yeah, that's the most difficult part to gauge. You're right. And it's intentionally done. I kind of so, like it, it could though. Be brilliant. I like it. It's a yeah, good change. It, it's a question of whether or not they deliver on it, right? If if they come up with a really good story, and it works, then we're all going to think it was the most brilliant thing ever, and be like, "Hey, guess what? Can't wait for the sequel." And then the cat's out of the bag. But if it shits the bed, oh my goodness, we are just in for. More DC bashing, which I'm tired of it, to be honest. I want them to succeed just so when they screw up again, I can laugh at it. Yeah. All right. So we have Black Adam. Black Adam is starring The Rock as Teth Adam. Um, you know, th- this movie looks like it's going to be all over the place, introducing a few major characters of DC lore, including Cyclone. Um, so it's going to feature the Justice Society of America, um, you know, along with Cyclone. We're going to have Adam Smasher. We have Hawkman and we have Dr. Fate. More on the whimsical side of the DCEU, the magical side of the DCEU. Uh, more in line on the Shazam side of the DCEU. So this mm-hmm. one, honestly, looked kind of interesting. Um, you know, I do appreciate that they are kind of introducing these lesser-known characters, right? Because there's yeah. a lot of question marks over what they're going to do with Batman and Superman in the DCEU context. Yeah, and you know, as a kid... I used to have some DC toys, action figures, because I was all about the action figure. And one of them I recall is Hawkman, which up till now, I've only had the ability to laugh at through Rick and Morty because there's these hawk people in it. And I'm just like, I'm like Hawkman. But now there's going to be some kind of serious attempt at it, like in, you know, whatever context the world is set. So that'll be fun. Sure. I'm all for the the secondary and tertiary characters getting a little more screen time and possibly some more development because we're, you know, like you say, we're tired of the same villains and 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 freedom fighters. You know what I mean? Whatever you want to position everything as. But it's uh, it's getting a little bit stale, I guess, Um, unless it's Zack Snyder bringing me a character I've never heard of in my entire life. You know, yes. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. All right, then we have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Again, not too much is known about this, but you know, basically, um, Aquaman's going to be fighting Black Manta, uh, who seeks revenge for the death of his father in the first movie. And it looks like Aquaman's going to have to ally himself with his brother Orm on this one. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, part two. Exactly. <laughs> not much to say there. I guess the biggest one from the from the dceu is the flash where this movie is going to go who knows you know it is borrowing elements of the flashpoint storyline that debuted in 2011 and that's essentially what uh uh redid the entire dc universe in the comics it kind of started things from scratch and a major overhaul of the entire dc line and what started the new 52 
back in 2011. Uh, so they're borrowing a lot of elements of the Flashpoint that I'm telling you. Like, you know, I, 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 yeah. I, predict I predicted this in, like, the first yep. incarnation of this show that they're, they, you know, if, if, if shit hits the fan, which it did, they can easily hit that reset button with this movie, similar to what Doctor Strange can do to the MCU, having all these new properties, kind of bringing everything together on the same playing field. So you have The Flash, um, you know, you have Ezra Miller playing Barry Allen, you have Michael Keaton coming back as Batman uh, 89, uh, you have <laughs> Supergirl in this movie, uh, you're going to have Nora Allen, and uh, yeah, you're, you're going to have a variant of Barry Allen. So we'll see exactly what's going on in this movie, but... You know, for me, you know, I don't know. There, there, there's a lot that can go wrong, but it's how much worse can break. it get at this point, right? And it, But that's the thing, Phil. I think you said it best. In my opinion, this is the make or break point of the DCEU. So hopefully they make some good choices out of this. There's a lot of rumors. I'm not going to get into the rumors. I don't care yeah. about that. Until I see this movie, I'm not really going to believe exactly a lot of the reports that we're seeing. But of interest is, you know, right now they are filming the Batgirl movie, which is going to be an HBO Max movie. Michael Keaton's in that one. Apparently, the Supergirl is um, from this uh, movie is going to be there. So who knows exactly what the end result, the end game, for lack of a better term, of The Flash and Flashpoint is going to be in the DCEU, um, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, it, it's a curious place to be. It's not James Gunn fixing DC now. <laughs> it's other people having well, a kick at the can. Exactly. Right? But who knows? They they might have consulted him or actually learned from some of what he did with Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and being like, hey, and, and even what the MCU has done, right? It's one thing if you try to emulate it, but the thing is you're always living in the shadow. Uh, but they've got their own properties. They've got their own IP. And the thing is, is that they're doing things, like you say, that sometimes was different than what Marvel did, that sometimes it worked. Shazam was a good movie. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, you know, it it didn't fit to me like anything that, that MCU had tried. Like, have some fun with it. Have a laugh. And it's an absurd comic book character. Eddie gets an absurd movie. So, yeah, I, I I think that there's there's legs to that formula working across multiple franchises at the same time. It's just a lot to ask a company that's continuously made the mistakes to not make them now. But we'll see. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that is kind of anything else that you saw during the Super Bowl commercials that you want to talk about? No, it was all like sloths eating chips and stuff for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There wasn't too much outside of that. Those are the major takeaways. Uh, I here. know fandoms were like Star Wars fans were like, there's going to be a Kenobi trailer. And I'm like, I know that they use football sometimes, but I don't think they're using football now because, you know, we would have known half a week ago that if, there's going to be a Star Wars fun bit in there. If... The Super Bowl was on ABC. You 100% would have gotten it, but it wasn't. Yes. So what's why? Why give it That's to another network? That's why we get network? Monday nights. Yep. Why give it to another network, right? Exactly. And and secondly, it's a May 25th release, and there's a lot of other properties that need our money. 
like the movies, right? Like the Marvel, uh, Doctor Strange 2 and whatnot. Those things need physical cash money. Yeah, exactly. So they're going to get the priority, and then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you might. Hello there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Before we move on to video games, I do want to talk about one thing in terms of the MCU. That is last week news came out that all of the Netflix shows are leaving Netflix uh, by the end mm-hmm. of the month. Uh, so, you know, it looks like uh, Disney is calling in their chit. Yep. Good on them. I, it's it's just going to be another thing that gets added to Disney Plus because I saw the news headline today. I didn't read the article, but Bob Chapek is talking about increasing the price of Disney Plus to subscribers. So I'm like, they're going to be like, I right, check it out. It's the only place where you can watch three seasons of Daredevil. <laughs> Will we make a fourth? <laughs> We're yeah. burning money. We're not Netflix. Exactly. So, yeah. It's, um, I think it's all just part of the rope and dope now. So, get ready for it. Uh, the streaming wars are full on. Full yep. on. With and the thing is, like MCU we talk content. about, the streaming war is more than just content and, and and whatnot i'm including yeah. video games and movies and everything in here just because I'm telling you it's all about content what well you know how well how much can you put on your servers and sell shit to people at the end of the day oh it's content but it's also all meta whoa yeah. you get one service you play a video game we know which buttons you hit Pretty you much. get one service you froze the frame on on x girl in stretch pants <laughs> exactly all right so video games capcom usa is making some major moves what any of this is we will find out either february 20th depending on where you live february 20th 21st at 10 p.m pacific 1 a.m eastern there's a countdown Ooh. on the capcom usa website who knows what this could be <clears throat> i don't even have a guess this company constantly I think it's dead. I'm like, oh, this is the company that made video games when I was a kid. And then I realize how deep they're in the other properties that I don't play. Right? Like yep. Monster Hunter, I think, and stuff like that. And these kids are eating it up. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I tried Monster Hunter. It looked to be a good game, but it's not my game. Yeah. Right? I'm so like, there's oh. two major guesses on what this could be. Uh, guess number one is Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, that's going to be yep. the release date. The other guess, and to me sounds like the more plausible guess, and that is uh, something to do with Street Fighter. A major Street oh. Fighter tournament is ending around that time on that day, and it is the mm. Street Fighter 30th anniversary. Sorry, 35th anniversary of yeah. the entire uh, franchise. So, we'll see. I... I don't know about you. I played a lot of, of street fighting games, like fighting games when I was a kid. Because when you went into the arcade, it was like you could play Space Invaders type thing or whatever. But the games got better graphics and then like things like Street Fighter were like very, very attractive to put your quarter in. And I sucked at them. I thought the controls were always horrible. I was more of a Tekken guy. So I'm just like, every time you guys go on about the nostalgia love fest that is Street Fighter, I'm like... Yeah, it's a game that just seemed to rob money from me. <laughs> well, so I I hold it to that same tough thing. It's like, well, can you play it? Or is it a bunch of blocky sprites running around that look good and can't fight? And then yeah. there's wrestling moves. Yeah, Buggers. exactly. 
All right, let's take a look at the releases, games that are coming out in February. So again, we're gonna focus on February on this month's uh, kind of chat. So let's start with PS4, PS5. So month started off February 1st, Life is Strange, the remastered collection. Dying Light 2, Stay Human came out February 4th. Uh, we had Dynasty Warriors 9, Empires coming out tomorrow on the 15th. On the 17th, we have King of Fighters 15 coming out. On the 18th, we have Horizon Forbidden West coming out. Uh, a DLC to Destiny 2. The Witch Queen comes out February 22nd. Uh, we have Monarch February 22nd. Soul Crest off February 22nd. Grid Legends February 24th. Martha is Dead February 24th. Elden Ring, a major release and a game Woo. that a lot of people are looking forward to on February the 25th. And then the Evil Dead, the game, is supposed to come out at some point in February. But the big two games, um, or the big three, I would say, are Dying Light, Horizon Forbidden West, and Elden Ring. Yeah, I think Dying Light 2 is the actual. Dying Light 2, yeah. It's the sequel to Dying Light, the parkour zombie fest. I know Tyler's playing it, so I was really hoping he'd be on this week because... I wanted to hear his experience with it because it's one of these ones where I think I'm going to wait for a deep sale and then pick it up. But in the meantime, my SSD is too cramped because I know I'm going to want to play Horizon. So I'm like, you know what? Like the first game was so out of left field good. And I had big shoes to fill on the second game. I think the outlier here is Elden Ring. That's going to be the the one that catches everybody, even though we all know what's coming. I think that's the one where people are going to be like, whoa, man, that was some landmark crap. Like, that was just awesome. Whereas I think Horizon's going to be exactly that, a sequel to a very successful video game that surprised us. Right? Yeah. So I think it's going to be a bigger world, more exploration, more dynamics. But really, at the end of the day, it's going to be you taking alloy and doing a lot of the same types of things like FedEx quests and, and stuff like that. So, and then advance a storyline and then, you know, start exploring a new area. Yep. So it's a very simple gameplay dynamic, but it is single player. It is seemingly what the fans are wanting. And it's not going to be this like charge fest game as a service, right? It's a game. And I like that element. Yep. Exactly. Um, and and then Horizon Forbidden West, you know, that's the one that. I'm talking about. Horizon yeah. Two, man. Woo. Yep. That's what exactly. I call it. Forbidden West. Exactly. All right. Switch games. We have Dying Light that came out February fourth. Assassin's Creed: The Ezio Collection February seventeenth. Uh, we have Soul Cresta February twenty second. Monarch February twenty second. Evil Dead: The Game some point in February twenty second. So to me here, the big takeaways are Dying Light Two. Dynasty Warriors 9 comes out February 15th, and Assassin's Creed. Um, so, you know, it's kind of cool that Switch is getting some of these games as well at the same time. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Switch is a Switch. There are limitations to the Switch, unfortunately. Uh, but it is yeah. good that, they're, that, that some publishers are porting games to the Switch. I'm surprised that Dying Light 2 is on there. Like, yeah. That hands down, like. I don't know how well it plays, but the fact it exists and it probably exists well enough to play. Yeah, it's good for Switch. Like, yep. Hanging in there with the boys. Yep, exactly. All right. And then 
Xbox, obviously, similar uh, releases to PlayStation. Uh, but I need to ask you, Phil, what system are you going to be buying these games on? Obviously, oh. Horizon Forbidden well, West. is Horizon Forbidden exclusive. West is, it has to be PS5. But here's the catch, right? You can buy the PS4 version, which I don't know why I would. So it's going to be PS5 for me. Um, I think for most of those games, they sound like they're graphically intense, right? And I want to have the best experience I can have. So I'm going to be buying them on my PS5. Like that's going to become, I'm going to have to move it back into my monitor realm instead of being on my TV realm, which the TV realm is a great place to be. But it's really hard to for me to play effective gaming on a 50 plus inch LCD screen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, eh, even though it's got HDR and all this stuff, I like being on a 27-inch gaming screen when it comes to serious gaming. And I'm going to have to flip my setup back. But uh, I, I'm i starting to think now about, you know, SSD expansions and the likes. Since the dust has settled, the product reviews exist, and the Amazon loves our money. So I'm like, hey. There are things that you can obtain uh, at reasonable prices right now in the S- world of SSD land, and you can bump yourself up at least another terabyte. And I had to do that with my Xbox X, right? It's like, and I'm also in the market for an X. I'm looking for an X. Yeah, yeah. If I if I find one, I'd buy it. I kind of regret not buying them when I had the chance last year, but whatever. Um, yeah, waiting is fine. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, you might as well, you know, you want the best experience possible. The PS5 right now can give you that as opposed to the S. So why not go for PS5? It's just surprising. Everybody that I know that has come in and seen the 5, the reaction is always the same. Can't believe how big it is. And even for me, I'm like, that's a big boy. This is not for the faint of heart, man. <laughs> like, Say the least. Sony were really brave. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were ballsy, to say the least, just absolute ballsy with that system. But whatever, we've all made do, yeah. right? I know. I'm 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 genuinely excited for Sony because I feel like I haven't really done much with it other than watch, like I say, TV on, on the screen. So I'm, I'm sitting here going, I'm really looking forward to playing it again because, like, even for me, in my quest to test a whole bunch of video games, I played Dirt 5 on the PS5, like we talked about last year at this time. Um, so I'm still thankful to everybody for getting me a PS5, like hooking me up with people who could get one. Um, I played Dirt 5 on all the other systems, Stadia, Xbox. Well, that's that's all of them for me. And I got to say, the controller made such a big difference. Yeah. The controller and those haptic feedback things, like the, the the feedback system in that controller, made that racing game so much more fun. It's a good racing game, but that is just like, holy crap, is that ever fun? And the fact that it's going at 60 frames per second, bang on. Like, there's no messing around. The S, I think, is a bit dodgy when you put it on 60 and it's like, mm, I think it's 60, but man, I don't think it's high def. Like, there are times where I'm like, oh, it just feels like draw rates and everything like that. Like, there's, it, it's, it's cooking the hamster. Yeah. So, you know, the five and whatnot, I'm looking forward to getting back into like that in ecosystem again. Yep, exactly. 
Um, all right, so let's talk and focus a little bit on the Switch. You know, I got to say, I absolutely love their Nintendo Directs. More companies need to do this. I know Sony kind of tries to do this as well. Um, you know, once every few months, they kind of give the state of the union and, and updates on games and preview what they have, right? Um, mm-hmm. Xbox and Microsoft doesn't really do this, but I kind of like these things. And they don't have to be long. So Nintendo Direct last week was 40 minutes. And I guess the big news out of Nintendo Direct was Switch Sports, the successor to uh, Wii Sports, is going to be coming out. Yeah, great, great call. Like that was that was a cultural phenomenon in the day, and I'm sure most of our listeners will recall that. It's like, I'm sorry, but like that was one of the times I came home. And my wife was like, um, "We need a video game system, so you're allowed to go all in on this. We need a Wii." And it was just like if you went to a party, if you went to somebody's house, and they 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 had a Wii. That's what you were doing that night. Like yeah. everybody was playing Mario Party or esports or you know or Wii Sports, things like that. Like you were physically tired the next day because you played tennis all night. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because like you know, okay, yeah, video games existed before, and there were parties where you would play video games, but never to the extent of Wii Sports. I found that Wii Sports, you know, you had both men. And women, regardless of age, mm-hmm. regardless of background, regardless of whether they played video games before or not, they would go to a party and play Wii Sports, and everyone would have a blast. And it just kind of changed that social aspect of video games in a party. Yep. It. it and the the type of games, right? Like those those games that actually had a thought process behind that about knowing and understanding the dynamic of how much fun it is and building a game to enhance that and that was the brilliance of it like that was nintendo's that was one of the things that just that video game system conquered and exactly right you are 100 right guys girls didn't matter didn't matter everybody wanted to play it yep. everybody well Looks like I'm gonna I be think have... Guitar Hero was similar too. Yeah, Guitar Hero. Yeah, it, was, it came out roughly the same time, right? All right, so yeah. Phil, looks like I'm gonna be having to upgrade our Nintendo Online package because I don't know <laughs> about you, but I'm gonna want that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC that brings 48 new tracks to the title over the next two years. I know, right? I. Everyone I know is like, is there going to be a new Mario Kart announced? Is there going to be a new Mario Kart announced? And instead, they're like, here are one billion tracks. <laughs> yeah. 48 new tracks. That's a second game right there. Yeah, that's that's another one. Um, yeah, if you've got a Switch, you, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is like a must-have. Like that... I've been on dates where women have, have brought me back to their place and they're like, let's do it on my Switch. And they're like, here's a controller. Die, motherfucker! Yep. <laughs> yep. And I don't know the tracks very well. Like, this is one of my least played games until I realized the rest of the world absolutely goes bat crap insane for it. So. It's been a while oh since I've played Mario Kart, to be 100% honest. Like, if you give me a control right now, I'm going to be so lost, I will get my ass just handed to me. Yeah, yeah. 
minutes. You know, and, and the funny thing, though, too, you're going to tell us more about what was in this presentation. But the thing is, Bayonetta 3 wasn't talked about. There's so much that Nintendo didn't even talk about. And I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be a great year for Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, in terms of software, fuck. You know, as people are kind of speculating and wondering when Nintendo's going to announce their next system, because this is now a year five of the Switch, right? Like, if you think about it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's that that the, the times are running out for the Switch. I doubt it because there seems to be a lot of support. You know, the fact that they have the Switch Lite and then the Switch OLED kind of, to me, says that, you know, this the Switch is around to stay for at least another few years. Um, but, yep. you know. Yeah, and, you know, it, I, I think there's people out there that still play the Wii. Yeah. Exactly. Like that ecosystem thrives. So now what's interesting is like I mentioned, I'm gonna have to upgrade our our Nintendo online package because we kind of have the regular one and this DLC is going to be available for free ish. Um if you have the upgraded <laughs> uh Nintendo online package, which does include the N sixty four emulator and stuff like that. So there we go. Very mm. smart Nintendo. Well played. Yeah, if there's anything Nintendo are good at beyond making party games and designing systems, it's the fact that they know how to get our money. Yep. <laughs> and Nintendo's the system. Right when you think you're gone, they pull you back in, right? Like, there's always something yeah. Nintendo does to get you back into their ecosystem. Oh, no, we have a new strain of crack. <laughs> Yep. Bathtub Jim has joined our ranks. <laughs> yep. Exactly. All right, let's talk about some other things that they talked about in this 40-minute presentation. So you got Splatoon 3, Mario Strikers Battle League, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Fire Emblem Warriors 3 Hopes, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and Triangle Strategy. Um, you also have some ports of fan-favorite games like Portal and Portal 2. Chrono Cross, which is going to be huge. That remake is going to be bonkers huge in September. We have No Man's Sky, Live Alive, uh, Colonna Door, to, uh, Door 2, Phantom Meal, and uh, Colonna 2. Uh, and then you have some other games that whatever. And if you're plugged into the video game universe and on social media, you probably saw Kirby eating a car last week. That is why. Yep. <laughs> Kirby hey. can now like blob himself over a car. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Open That's world Kirby game. Let's see how that goes. That's a thing. And what's now. crazy is that, like you said, through all of this, no news on Bayonetta three, and more importantly, no news. Zelda. No news on Legend <laughs> of Zelda: Breath of the Wild two. Which, look, I'm fine with. Because I trust Nintendo 100% with that. I do. I do. And the less I know, the better. But, man, they're ballsy. Know, they, they're ballsy. They're ballsy to do that. It's just waiting for Bathtub Larry to come in to make the new strain of crack with an oar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he's managed to capture the scent of Wednesday. <laughs> it's just what? Oh, Nintendo! Oh, here, let me burn money. Here, take it, take it. I'll buy it. Yes, more. 
Yep. Honestly. <laughs> Go into your local shop and try to buy the cartridge. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's honestly how I feel about all of this at this point. Just like, just wow. Um, good on you, Nintendo. Honestly, like I say, right when you think you're gone, they pull you back in with these titles. Look, just out of this list alone, I'm going to be playing Mario Kart for at least two more fucking years. I'm going to be for sure buying Chrono, um, Chrono Cross, uh, you know, Portal. That can be a fun toilet game, you know. That, that'll be fun. <laughs> Obviously, you have uh, uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. Um, that's going to be a huge party game. And I think, like, similar to the cultural effect of the first one, it's going to be similar to that. So that's going to be a fun one. Um, Splatoon 3, I don't give a shit about. Uh, Mario Strikers, <laughs> that looks interesting. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I'm a sucker for a good RPG. I'm never going to chat you. In game on the Switch, <laughs> you're gonna be like, "Oh, hang on, I just got to mute it." <laughs> Sorry, a little bit of colon blow. The chili was a little bit ferocious. I'm like, oh. If portal, you see that I'm playing Portal, game. it's like, nope, I'll leave him alone. <laughs> That's one of the only games off of that list that I've actually played and finished on the Xbox 360. Was Portal. And I'm like, oh, that was an epic game. Like, oh, yeah. You could just start bringing crap like that out for a Switch. Yep. And kids will be like, hmm. Okay. Dude, it's been long that enough. Was ten, that was 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> yeah. It's been long like, enough, right? Like, what? Portal 2 came out, what, 2011, 2012, something like that? Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, man. They're good games, but holy cow. 2011. While. See? Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. I've still got the copy of the disc somewhere, I'm telling you. Same here. I have my 360 version of that somewhere. Yeah. Now, I have a discless Xbox. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, That's actually hilarious now that I think about that. <laughs> it's uh, so weird, man. Like, here's the trick. Hold on to your old Xbox. Because if you need a disc game, you either have to buy it or you just load the data onto the hard drive and then put the hard drive back on your other system and then it will recognize that you own the game. There is a workaround, <sighs> but it involves hard. having multiple systems. That just seems like way too much work. Way I never too do much it. Work. I gave my brother my old one. So I'm like, oh, I'm screwed now. I bought a Star Wars game the other night and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've got the disc behind me. I'm not going to look. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nine dollars okay jedi starfighter yeah i'm gonna use in the boo spaceship yes i i caved to boba fett <laughs> of course <laughs> yep that was hilarious all right i think it's time let's talk about the tv shows that we have watched so if you haven't watched them i think this is a good time to bid you a farewell thank you for listening but what you actually should be doing is watching peacemaker episode seven um along with Book of Boba Fett episode seven, and then coming back and finishing this show. Yeah, don't don't let us spoil it. Go spoil it yourself. Um, and yeah, it's we'll we'll wait for you. We'll, your beer's getting warm though, so just be aware of it. <sighs> yep. All right. So let's start with Peacemaker as we always do. Man, I, you know what pisses me off the most. And the worst part about this show? What's that? We only have one episode left. I know, buddy. I, I actually thought 
this was the last episode. Nah, like, nah, just with the way the last episode, like the last one was set up with the dad, like dra- white dragon, and everything, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this, 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 that was the penultimate. And I'm like, oh, we're gonna walk in, and this is gonna be it. I'm gonna be so sad because both of my shows are ending on the same week. And then it was like, no, there's one more. Oh yes, there's one more. Yep, I'm happy about that, but I'm sad. So. No, it's 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 crazy. Um, we finally see the cow that is giving the butterflies their food. Uh, we see the entire police station, whatever town, but fuck town they're in, uh, kind of uh, taken over by at least one clan of the butterflies. Um, man, I hope you watch the outtakes. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Because <laughs> if you look really close over his shoulder. One of the police officers is having a real hard time on set, not laughing. Yeah. Like, he's, like, losing his shit in background. <laughs> um, speaking about takes, you know what uh, they, they, they've slowly kind of been releasing on social medias? The Alan Tudyk's uh, dancing of the intro. <gasps> is it? Really? Yeah. Jennifer oh, Holland my. released it on her Instagram. Oh, well, there's an Instagram I need to follow. <laughs> you know it, buddy. <laughs> like, I was wondering, I was looking at her Twitter and I'm like, there's not, it's a pretty sparse Twitter. Like, hmm. And then I'm like, uh, now the, the light bulb has gone off. So, yeah. Good. Good to know. I, I, I'm really enjoying some of Jennifer Holland's like outtakes, to be honest, where she's learning the dance. And, um, uh, you know, that's how we knew last week when you talked about John Cena actually playing the piano because uh, she was behind him filming that while they did her makeup and whatnot. So it's it's fun stuff and it's a fun show and it's nice to be happy again, right? Like this makes me happy in a different way that Ted Lasso makes me happy, but it still puts me in a happy space. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah, I'm just the cow. Is going to be fun to kill if they kill it. Like, that's going to be bananas insane. Eagerly this week was heart touching again. Again, You know, honestly, this episode had it all. It had heartfelt moments. It had action. You had the conclusion of some storylines, like the storyline with his dad. Um, You know, so, so, yeah, like. There's this a lot to happen, great. man. Yeah, for for a penultimate episode, it was really well done, and and it still had time to set up new things for next week, like the cow, you know, and 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 the team actually like you know coming together and saying, "Fuck, we we're the last people that can honestly do this." One of the absolute laugh out laugh out loud moments was in the vet. The everything that had took place in the vet yes. clinic, I just fucking died. Okay. Vigilante. Okay. Vigilante. Is it me or is he better than Deadpool? He is. Uh, I'm there was this scene where he's taking a piss in the woods. <laughs> and the guy comes up behind him and he goes, Why are your pants down? And he goes, I can't pee if something's touching my butt. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I had to pause it. I'm like Oh my god, this is the funniest thing. Like he pisses like a little kid and he's got a reasoning for it. I was just like Are you the kidding most me? Random thing. But it just it's Oh yeah, and the way he character. reasoned with the vets and whatnot, where he's just like, 
well, we have to kill them now. And then they finally dissuade him from killing them. And he's like, well, okay, we have to be careful with the tape for their skin because it's really difficult with the moisturizers. <sighs> oh, my gosh. It's like, easier for him to kill people than to leave people on a lurch. And that's just the funniest part about him in that character. It, 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 you know what? Like, we're seeing Peacemaker go through this arc of not wanting to kill people. That's his big dilemma in the show, right? Like, before, it was him and Vigilante who would be like, hey, what's going on this Friday? I don't know. We want to go crush some Reebs and, uh, Maybe murder some scumbags. And now John Cena's thinking about it and goes, well, maybe that guy didn't deserve to die. Like, sure, he was doing X, Y, Z, but was that punishable by death? Like, we're kind of arbitrarily deciding that. And maybe it's a bit harsh. Maybe he just made a mistake one night. Or maybe, you know what I mean? He didn't kill somebody else. That type of thing. And Vigilante's just, like, completely off in his delusional, psychotic world. <laughs> like... Yeah. No, it's just easier to tie up loose ends. I'm in danger. I got to kill them. <laughs> like they know my face, and now they know my job. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, such a funny show. And, and that whole show. the the line, it's never the wrong time to rock or whatever it was. Yep. It's never a bad time to rock out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so absurd. And what's though. funny is that I'm pretty sure I've said that at some point in my life. Oh yeah, we all have. Yeah, in right. Our 20s. It's and never it's a like, bad time to rock out. Mm, I think this is a bad time now, but you know, but this show redeemed it. Still, they still kept with it. I gotta say, man, oh man, there has not been a bad episode of this show. No, this is going to probably be one of my most rewatched shows because of its ability to transport my mood. The second reason is because I'm probably going to notice some crap that I missed mm -hmm. when I can fully appreciate the story arc and then just start. There's probably a lot more going on than I give credit to because I'm too busy laughing. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I know it's a fact that's happening with me because I have a tendency just to keep watching, right? I don't really pause the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I've avoided any deep dives of it and, you know, that type of thing, but... It, it, it's interesting that I think there's a way more complicated thing. I I, I had to go out and buy uh, Suicide Squad 4K because I'm like, I really want to rewatch that because that was the same type of thing. I was laughing so hard. I'm pretty sure I missed a lot of the some gold. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, I want to see it in that high def crystal clear type thing. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let us move on. To the final any, any any final thoughts before the season finale? Uh no, I'm I'm buckled up and ready to go. I, I don't care where they bring me. I just trust that, you know, it's like getting into a taxi cab drunk. They're gonna get you home. As long yep. as you can say the address. Exactly. Hopefully it's the right one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me talk to you about how I consumed the finale of the book of Boba Fett. Okay. I love how you, anytime I said something up like that, you know that it's, it's kind of this is a fine story. It's it's not not a crazy poor story. Trust me. Fired just, it up on my phone on the toilet. No, <laughs> no. What I actually did was I saved the finale for the weekend. I somehow was okay. able to because I was so busy. So I yeah. saved it for Friday night, 
and I watched the entire show straight through, including the finale. Whoa, that's commitment. Yeah. And I got to say, I don't know if it was because it was the second time I watched it, I watched all those episodes one to six, or if it was just better consumed as one um, movie. Right. But I thoroughly enjoyed episodes one to six a lot more the second time around and appreciated a lot the storytelling and the story arc and why they took a break from the uh, main plot to go to um, Dinjar and, 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 and Grogu, right? I appreciated mm-hmm. that a lot more uh, watching this the second time around and then consuming the finale. So before we talk about the series in general... The finale, what did you think? It's getting mixed responses um, on, on the net. Like, everything Star Wars. Like, everything nowadays. But, Phil, what did you think of the show? I woke up, and it was Wednesday, and I'm like, oh, happy day. I don't care how busy work is or anything. I'm going to put it on. On I've got a, a, a viewing screen in in my workspace. I know. I cheat. And I put it on. And I was watching it with both eyes, but sometimes, you know, looking at work. And I got to say, it was very, I I liked it, but there were parts that I was questioning. There was a lot of stuff that I noticed that I didn't like. But I'm like, okay, am I being super critical because I had an expectation? And I I, I had to start asking myself those questions. But anyhow, I rewatched it that night on the big TV. And... I enjoyed it so much more the second time because it felt better to me when I was concentrating 100% on it. Mm-hmm. The things that bothered me still bothered me. But give an you example. Know, like, like there what? are things that you what can ask you? yourself all the way through the episode. And they're not right because that's not what they did. Like? Why the hell did he get the rancor and not like slave one yeah exactly like that's the biggest glaring thing um the scene with him and mando taking on everybody why did they land was a little bit confusing to me because i'm like you're kicking their ass from space but maybe their rocket pads can't last that long or whatever i get that there's reasons but it was very choreographed and i'm like as much as all that is a really pretty gif it felt a little absurd in parts and then secondly the 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 robotic dude that was all about the roles and everything, like every single shot that guy took was prefaced by like a somersault or like a twist and a turn. And he was already facing that direction. And I'm like, you could have just raised your gun, but pew, 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 like just stuff like that, that I get it's fun content. And you're telling a story like why did Boba Fett need to ride in a Rancor? Because it was freaking cool. And they wanted a King Kong moment. Like, there are things, and that's part of watching Dave Filoni's Star Wars, and now John Favreau, by extension. It's just part of it. It's just, it's absurd sometimes. But Star Wars has always had absurdity. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right? it. I think that's what upset people is that this was an absurd episode when you think about Star Wars. But it was a very Boba Fett episode. Like if you ever read the comics before. The Legends comics now, if you ever consumed any of the books, if you ever consumed any Boba Fett content, this kind of felt up its alley, right? But yeah, I know a lot of people who are like, 
wishing Robert Rodriguez to never go near Star Wars again. Oh, it's not Robert Rodriguez's fault. He literally like, told people what to do. The director he, has no say on a TV show. He directed the crap out of that. He did a fine, fine job. If you want to be upset with the writing or John Favreau, who everybody is just worshiping, and rightfully so, he's revived the franchise as far as I'm concerned. But you look at that, and that felt like a really lazy episode. But it's like the conversation we have about everything. I don't know in the context of The Mandalorian if that was lazy. I don't know what that sets up down the road. I don't know. And, like, there were were two other things that bothered me. Why the hell did they hole up in the bar? Like, Boba Fett just completely capitulates to these mods. They're like, no, we need to defend the town. Well, guess what? Everybody's here to kill us. They're not going to go into the town and raise the town. They're looking for us. So we should have the technical advantage and go back to the palace. Okay, I really felt like that was a missed beat. But all right, I get it that you want to have this varied chase and outside battle and things like that. And you have some big storytelling to do with the scorpion droids and all this. I get it. There's a lot of that happening. But even at the end, and this is the part that made me laugh because it was a Jedi Order moment. Boba Fett's like, I don't know if there's life for us. Yeah. Are you kidding me? We just went through seven episodes of a protracted parallel storytelling arc. And now's the time that you're going to say, I don't know that this is a life for me on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. I... Yeah. I know. And then and then we cut to Cobb Vance in the back to tank. Like, are they setting up that he's gonna take over his dynamo? Like Boba Fett's gonna be like, I really thank you for being honorable and getting shot on something that you never showed up for. <laughs> right. But you are obviously a good guy. Because the thing is, like, okay, so with that, with that part, right? It's Din Djarin who knows him, not Boba. Yeah, it's not Boba. In fact, Boba Fett doesn't Boba know Fett this guy wants to kill this guy for stealing his armor for so many years. Yeah. Thank you for giving the Jawas much of my blood money to get my my armor off their wall. <laughs> like, I, there's just so much of it where I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen now, and I'm curious. And then we see the end of Cad Bane. Supposedly, right? It yeah. looks like, looks but no like one's it. ever dead in Star Wars, so I don't know what the heck to think. But they spent a lot of time building this guy up, and the internet exploded. My friends were all messaging me, going, "Who is this blue alien dude?" And blah 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 blah. And he seems really, really mean. And I don't know why can't he buy a bike or a spaceship like he does in the Clone Wars? Because that guy's got to be sick of walking around Tatooine. <laughs> like he goes one episode and walks over to to Mos Pelgro or whatever. Like they, it's it's so old, Freedom Town, right? It's so old. It's not even on a map. If you remember back to Mandalorian season yeah. two, episode one, it's like, well, we think it's somewhere in this region. So I'm like, now Cobb Vanth walks there, and then he walks all the way back to Mos Eisley. And then he walks all the way to Moss Espa, right? <laughs> That's the way it felt to me. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? The, you know, you awesome know, here's shoes. the thing, right? You know, uh, I know it's to set up the the uh, Western style. Show. That's exactly where it's going. It's like we read into this stuff way too much sometimes, right? Like, 
these guys, Robert Rodriguez especially, because he was in charge of this, in this point of view, of the look and feel of this episode, you know, wanted to honor the spaghetti westerns, right? Yeah. You know, especially with a character um, 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 like him, right? Like, so, it makes sense. But then when you start thinking about it logically, right? And I think that's something that, that if there was a takeaway for this show, if I had a war room, if I was Dave Filoni and I had my war room and we were talking about the reception of the book of Boba Fett, one of the things that I would discuss with, with, with the team is this, Phil. Shots are cool. We want to honor, you know, spaghetti westerns, samurai movies, whatever. But we need to make sure it makes logical sense in this world that we are making yeah. the decisions, you know, that, that someone isn't walking for days on end, that someone, you know, it's like, and stuff like that, those minor stuff, because Star Wars fans are going to nitpick. They are fickle. Hey, there's an easy way around it, right? Exactly. You show his ship, which we all know from Clone Wars. Park it in the back, or in the shadows. You show it on a wipe landing in the background. You know what? Lego goes nuts. Hey, everybody's going to want a blue alien figure. We're going to charge $160 Canadian for it. Here's the ship that you'll never use or see again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, it's like they brought out the Razor Crest last year, and it's like the week everybody got it. Boom. Gone. <laughs> like, there's $150 of Lego. Thanks. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's little... And they do so many little things right. So it's hard to take it seriously. It's hard to really complain seriously. It, it really is nitpicking for me. And it's me looking at the internet, nitpicking it, and going, all valid points, but I didn't have one thought during that show that that was actually what was ruining it for me. Yeah, It was just some pacing issues and some absurdity stuff. And then when I watched it all in full context, I'm like... No, it gets a pass. Like, I'm sorry. That was a fun show. Look, I enjoyed the book of Boba Fett. I always will have a go-to. Is it the same as the Mandalorian? Nope. It wasn't meant to. But be. I'll tell you, at the end, when the Gregorian chanters or whatever start, which doesn't happen in Star Wars much, people making sounds with their mouth on music. And I'm just like, you know what? That's really moving. This has really got some mood and atmosphere to it. And it's talking about a character that's grown as I have since first seeing him on screen. Yeah. So am I upset that the guy who's probably the most prolific guy in all of Star Wars, not only Boba Fett, but I'm talking about every bloody clone trooper. That's Tamara Morrison. That's the sound that the universe heard. Whenever Boba Fett comes in and says something, they all go, oh, great. A clone trooper got Mandalorian armor. Great, it's even harder to kill. Like, th that must be the only thought process that people have. Because I'm like, there's nothing unique about this character. And they managed to make an entire series about a personal growth of a person who was grown in a bloody pod. Mm -hmm. And is probably the most prolific person in the galaxy. Yep. And I'm just like, that's an achievement. Thank you. Yeah, like exactly. everybody's got a mind about it in the Star Wars universe. They've shown that. That's been a little bit of a joke. So, you know, good for them. I think Tamara Morrison did a fantastic job. I can understand his, I think one of the feedback items that he had was Boba Fett talked too much. And I'm like, yeah, but Boba Fett also shut the hell up for his entire life. 
And I like the fact that he's talking about stuff like feelings and family and loyalty and all that. I had a friend of mine talk to me. He was catching up on the show right now. And he's just like, I just watched chapter two. And that was some of the best damn Star Wars I've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm like, congratulations. Just wait until you get to chapter five. Like, <laughs> the right. ride doesn't end. Oh, so yeah. F- enjoy. Look, we talked about this over the past several weeks on this show with Tyler. And that's the fact that this was clearly a movie. And for me, episode seven really, really kind of solidified that fact because he had the big action scene to end the Star Wars story. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like, you know, let's 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 move on from there. Now, what I did want to talk about was Grogu. The big choice he had in the previous episode. Do I want to go back? Do I want to take the the present from from Mando or do I want to continue my my teachings of the force? My learning of the Force, I should say. What did you think of With, that side plot? I well, I I mentioned it last week. Like you have to look at the way that they set it up. In his remembrance of his earliest time, it's we're talking Order sixty six in the Jedi Temple. Three Jedi's defended him and got slaughtered. And then Luke pulls out this little lightsaber pen. And you're wondering why the kid might not like the the kid. Okay, they portray it like, oh, shiny. And his little black eyes go wide. But you could equally say with the nature of Grogu not talking that that thing scared the living shit out of him. Because that's the death stick for him. That's the object of his trauma. That's possibly what they illustrated knowingly or unknowingly in that call-out sequence. So I am really curious to know a little bit more about Grogu's feeling on it, aside from he wanted to go back to the person that makes him feel most safe. All right, I think that that's really the thing. Like, we're we're always going to talk about the connection between Din Djarin and Grogu, and I think it would be horribly wrong if they built a a Naboo and one Starfighter with a a spot for little Grogu and Grogu was like, screw it. I'm going to be a Jedi. <laughs> right. Cause Din's going to have a tough time filling that seat. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I agree with you on that part uh, in terms of this is the death stick to him. Yes. Um, now, you know, where does this kind of show Luke as, cause like, Funny enough, you know, they've, something they've been able to do really well is redeem a lot of characters in these shows. But I feel like they're not redeeming Luke Skywalker, but kind of justifying his attitude in the sequel trilogy. He's a shitbag teacher. <laughs> right? That's what I'm getting at. It's like, hey, Wayne, hey, hey, this is the way that I put it. Wayne Gretzky wasn't a good coach. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, just because you were the guy who brought balance to the force or whatever you want to argue. Technically, it was his dad, but sure. Technically, it was his dad, and, and but still, by extension, he's part of that legacy and whatnot. I'm like, there's lots of takes on Luke uh, in that moment. But in the sequel trilogy, I'm like, they kind of set the path. And w- what else are you going to do? Because, like, you have to explain The Last Jedi. Yeah. Like really, the Last Jedi wasn't even—it wasn't even the sequel trilogy. It was one movie in the yeah. sequel trilogy, 
one choice by a director and writers and team to go because I think Ryan Johnson had a lot of influence, right? Like I'm just saying, like he was part of the scripting process and whatnot. So he had influence on it. It's not like you have a guest director doing this movie, which, you know, like Robert Rodriguez. So I just think that he made a really big call and Disney backed him up. And now that has to pattern out the storytelling. Like Luke is, it's not like Luke was trying to be a bad teacher, but it's, it's making a bad choice. And not realizing the consequence. But at the same rate, Grogu saves his own life. Right? Because now he doesn't need Ben Solo to come and slaughter him. <laughs> exactly. Or he would have been like the Knights of Ren, weirdest dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's, you know, and I hope they explore this a little more. And I kind of hope that this isn't the last time that we do see Luke in these shows. And the reason why I say that is because, I don't know, it's almost like Ahsoka knew that, man, this this guy's going to fuck shit up again. Yeah, and she's just like, run, Rogue. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, but it's like, there's, there's, there's something about that dynamic, right? Just something very awkward between those who's like, Ahsoka knows that, like, hey, what you're undertaking is insane. You do you. Yeah, and and here's the thing, right? I think they did set up Luke for Ahsoka. Because what's the last thing he said? Will I see you again? Like, either that's him clairvoyantly looking into the Force and finding out, like, this is the end. But, you know, as we know, that isn't necessarily the truth of the matter. That's just what the Force wants you to believe right now. And him being really blunt and asking because they both know the answer. Or what Force wants them to know as the answer. But circumstances may change. So I can totally see Ahsoka getting to a point where Luke, obviously, his first student in the comics was Ben Solo. So that's set up now. They've plot holed Grogu out. And what they've done is set up the ability that I don't think Ben is going to be coming along to the school that Luke is in the process of building for a little bit. I think Han and, and Leia got to get a little more busy. And even if they have been uh, into the baby production mode, uh, you know, let's say Ben's like three at this point. So I I don't know that they're like sitting there going, hey, how come he force changed everything, Leia? All of my whiskey bottles are empty. You know, so I just don't think that that conversation's happened yet. Like, let's get let's get Uncle Luke to take him away and make sure he's a good Jedi. Um, So. I just think that there's breadth for storytelling there. And depending on where Ahsoka positions the show, I think there's a logical avenue to have Luke's involvement and, and to really mine that nostalgia. Yeah. Now, that being said, I want to bring up one offensive thing that I saw today in, in the Star Wars universe. And that is Disney, I think, have a new book about Princess Leia and Han Solo in their marriage and wedding. Coming up. Okay. The problem that I have is there's an excerpt or a write-up about it on StarWars.com. And somebody has pointed out a paragraph in it where Han and Leia, for their honeymoon, go on the new galactic cruise that's currently exponentially expensive 
at Disney Studios, the the cruise ship. Yes. And I think that that's a really bad thing by Disney to do that. It's one thing you're mixing Galaxy's Edge and all this stuff into you're trying to canonize the experience for people a little bit and sell shit. I get it. But to do this cruise, so it just feels really wrong. Yeah. It just, to me, is very inauthentic to Star Wars. And George Lucas liked to sell a lot of shit to kids. Yeah. Like, he was he was an equal shitbag when it comes to the morality of, I'm just going to put this guy in for three seconds, and that's going to be number one figure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll make 10,000 more of that one than the one that they want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and put it on a lunchbox. <laughs> And under ruse. <laughs> yes, it's Dr. Evil George Lucas. <laughs> but anyhow, I just think that that's a real shitbag thing to do. And I don't don't go there, Disney. Not that they listen to us and go, hmm, there's some two smart dudes podcasting out of their living rooms. I've <laughs> just figured Star Wars out. No, I know that that's not right. But I do feel that the fan backlash is going to exist. And it, that might be one that you do want to listen to. Yes. All right. Two questions before we go. Question number one, will there be a season two? I don't think so. I think if there's going to be a season two, it'll be interlude episodes in The Mandalorian or whatever Bo-Katan and all them are putting together. I think that there's going to be some kind of power struggle for the Darksaber. And I think they've already hinted at it with the comment from Boba Fett. I don't know that this is a life for us. I can completely see him trying to uh, buddy up with Mando because I think they're pitting Mando against Bo-Katan for the Darksaber. And there's going to have to be some redemption moment with a mythosaur and these uh, mines that they're talking about below the mines of Mandalore. Yep. Question number two, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Where would you rate Book of Boba Fett? Oh, for me, it's thumbs up. It, it more Star Wars, better Star Wars. Even when it's bad, it's like pizza; it's still good. Yep. So, I, I it had so many things. Like we got to see the the, the missile launchers out the knee pads and all that kind of stuff. This is all stuff of mythic playgrounds, man. Like this is all just cray cray stuff from when we were kids. So, right? Yeah, I. And and there are there are certain chapters that are just absolutely heartfelt. Like chapter two is one of the most moving things I've seen in modern Star Wars. That's all. Like I know that there are lots of movies that capture that moment and lots of other media. But for me, it was really accessible and impactful. So Yep. So the next show on board is OB One and that comes out May twenty fifth. Yeah. 40 Another movie. Fifth anniversary of A New Hope. Yep. It's going to be a time, man. It's going to be a time. I'm looking forward to it. Anyhow, if you're trying to find us, you can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, really anywhere you find like podcasts. You're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And if it's not there, hey, let us know. 
And uh, if you like what you hear, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be notified about when we drop episodes. And leave a rate and review if the platform allows for it, as well as tell your friends about the It's Canon Podcast. All right. Thanks for that, Phil. It is another week done. Thank you for listening to the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, all things nerd, all things pop culture. And you, do you know what the best part, what the best part of it all is, Phil? I'm hearing somewhere on the internet that apparently it's all in canon. That's right. It's all in canon. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Thank you for listening. And until next time, goodbye.